And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, you know, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden from 1948. Then, we'll be back in the saddle again with Gene Autry in a western adventure of Gene Autry's Melody Ranch from 1950. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Should I be on The Voice or on American Idol with that uh, You should. That would be a there? lot of fun to watch you sing up there. You know, I would enjoy I that. I always loved on American Idol when people would be like, I, I'm such a great singer. I am just uh, the best, Simon. I can't wait for you to hear me. Right. And then he was like, okay, let's do it. And they sounded like me. And that's why we have reality TV. I love that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening in Hollywood? Well, Carol Burnett's Netflix series yeah. just debuted this month. Really? It's called A Little Help with Carol Burnett. Do you know about it? No, but I'm going to watch well, it. I'm going to tell you about it. It just started, so you can check it out. It's a 12-episode series, totally unscripted, 30-minute episodes, okay? It stars Carol Burnett, of course, and a panel of children that are four to eight years old. Um Kind of like, you know, Kids Say the Darndest Things right. back from Art Linkletter sure, and Linkletter. Bill Cosby and uh, Steve Harvey has the little big shots. This is an unscripted series and they talk about issues of dating and marriage and parenting, those kind of things. And then a celebrity comes on each week, talks about some type of a life dilemma they're having and asks the kids what their advice How would cute. be. I would definitely watch that. I know. And, of course, it's all hosted by Carol Burnett, so what Sounds could go wrong? Sounds great. All right. So check it out. Netflix. Wow. They have a push for more unscripted series on Netflix, and this is one of those shows. Very cool. Thanks, Lisa. I'll sure. check it out. All right. Last time, we began listening to Our Miss Brooks from November 14, 1948, with Babysitting Overnight. Here's Eve Arden in the conclusion of Our Miss Brooks. Now, do you believe me, Walter? Look at this order we've just given. Four bottles of milk, one dozen cans of strained vegetables, two chocolate milkshake bars, a large box of pablum, and some swieback. That sure is suspicious, all right. Nobody eats swieback if they're not married. <laughs> Look who just came into the store, Walter. Oh, it's Mr. Boynton. Hiya, Mr. Boynton. Oh, it's Walter Denton and Harriet. How are you today? We're fine, Mr. Boynton. How are you all? Oh, well, as could be expected, we're anticipating a blessed event at any time now. <laughs> Another one? Oh, yes. Of course, Patricia has quite a big family now. 
She's even changing her name. Oh, yes. Patricia's one of my favorite frogs. Oh. <laughs> those, uh, those bundles look pretty heavy, Walter. Can I give you a hand with one of them? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Boynton. We just bought them for Miss Brooks. Miss Brooks? Well, why didn't she come down herself? Well, she looked pretty upset when we saw her last, Mr. Boynton. Here, you better take both of these bundles and get right over there. Me? But get right over where? I guess you never heard of 225 Park Street. Park Street? I live on Park Street. Harriet, he says he lives on Park Street. <laughs> oh, come along, Walter. We'll be late for school. Don't worry, Mr. Boynton. Your secret is safe with us. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> And while Sleeping Beauty was waiting, Prince Charming came to her door. Come in, Prince. Uh, oh, it's the doorbell. I guess you got carried away by the story. It should happen to me. At last, the groceries. Uh, hello, Miss Brooks. And Mr. Boynton right behind them. Come in, won't you? He's a big one, ain't he? <laughs> ain't he? There she goes again. Uh, Miss Brooks, who who are these these uh... children? Will do high pockets. <laughs> oh, they're they're terribly bright. Now, boys, run to the kitchen and play with the meat cleaver until lunch is ready. <laughs> All right, but please make it snappy, cause I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. <laughs> Oh, did you have to turn that on? Oh, excuse me, Mr. Boynton. There, there, little baby. There. Shh. Oh, I guess I'll have to pick him up. No. Uh, Miss Brooks, I don't want to pry, but where did all these children come from? Why, any biology teacher knows that. The stork. <laughs> what, what I mean is, whose are they? Well, they're the children of Eddie Garson, who's a student of mine's mother. What? Which their father is a traveling salesman. I'm afraid you're upset. Oh, well, of course I am. You'd be upset, too, if you had breakfast crying and three children cooking on the stove. Well, isn't there anything I can do to help? Yes, there certainly is, Mr. Boyden. You can help me get this house tidied up before Eddie brings his mother home from the hospital. But, Miss Brooks, I've got to go to school. You're smart enough now. In some ways. Call Mr. Conklin and tell him you're ill. But I'm, I'm not ill. Well, stick around a while. Your chances will improve. Well, I don't know what this is all about, Miss Brooks, but if you're in trouble, the, well, the least I can do is stand by and lend a hand. Give that boy a box of merit badges and two tickets to the next Olympic Games. Thank you. No doubt you're wondering why I summoned you two to my office, Harriet. Well, yes, Mr. Conklin. We... I was speaking to my daughter. Harriet? Yes, Daddy? There's something strange going on in this school today. First, Mrs. Davis calls to tell me that Miss Brooks is sick. Twice. Then Mr. Boynton calls, tells me he won't be able to come to school today because he's expecting an illness. <laughs> and then, while I was conducting both their classes, I catch my own daughter receiving a note from this... this... Scallywag? From this scallywag. Thank you, Denton. Hand over the note, Harriet. But, Daddy... The note? A 
Better. Hmm. Dear Harriet, whatever you do, don't let the cat out of the bag about meeting you-know-who in the grocery store and sending him where we did. We don't want to get Miss You-Know-Who in trouble. After all, we have no proof that those little you-know-whos are hers. <laughs> Nor are we positive that 225 Park Street is a love nest. You-know-who? Love nest? What's the meaning of this, Harriet? Well, oh, you wouldn't want me to betray a confidence, would you, Father? Yeah, you wouldn't want her to do that, would you, Father? Uh, Mr. Connor? Quiet. I'll find out what's going on at 225 Park Street. Well, Mr. Boynton, did you enjoy your lunch? Oh, yes, indeed, Miss Brooks. And you know something? Seeing you taking care of those children and then tucking them in for their nap after lunch made me feel that this is where you belong. Miss Brooks, did you ever think of giving up your career as a teacher? Why, Mr. Boynton... I mean it. I've been thinking it over all morning, and, well, I've got another sort of career in mind for you. You have? Yes, Miss Brooks, I have. Why don't you become a governess? <laughs> oh. Well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Boynton. I'll become a governess when you become a governor. <laughs> oh, it's been fun trying to help you out this morning, Miss Brooks. I hope I have been of some assistance with the children. Oh, you've been a tremendous help, Mr. Boynton. They would never have gone to bed so quickly if you hadn't told them that fascinating story about the African tsetse fly. <laughs> It was nothing, really. Nothing, he said. It had everything. Humor, pathos, sleeping sickness. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I'd, I'd like to wash the luncheon dishes. No, no, you sit right where you are, Miss Brooks. I'm going to do those luncheon dishes myself. Oh, but Mr. Boyle... No, I... no, I'll have them done in a jiffy. Picture you upon my knee. Just okay. Oh, I hope that's Eddie and his mother. Be right there. We will raise a family, a boy for you, a girl for me. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Conklin. What's going on here, Miss Brooks? I was under the impression that you were sick. I was. I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a coincidence you're meeting me here at the doctor's. <laughs> You say the doctors? He's an obstetrician. <laughs> what? I don't think I helped my case any. Well, everything's all set, Miss Brooks. I just... Uh, Mr. Conklin! <laughs> Good afternoon, Mr. Boynton. I suppose you're here visiting the doctor, too. Oh, of course. He's expecting tadpoles. <laughs> it's, it's my sinuses, Mr. Conklin. Oh. Well, you've certainly come to the right place for treatment. An obstetrician should do them a world of good. Now, see here, you two. I know this is no doctor's office. You know what I think? I think you two are secretly married, and this is your love nest. Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Love nest? Who are these? What? Are... Where did they come from? Now, now, please, Mr. What? Conklin, remember your blood pressure. He turns an interesting color, doesn't he? Now, see here, you little... I... I don't know what you are, or who you are, or... Oh, please, you're tight when I was silent pictures. <laughs> Get back in your room, you two. Sit down, Mr. Conklin, take it easy. But, Miss Brooks, you promised us another story. Get back in your room, or I will kill you. <laughs> Come on, Mike. He's turned on us. 
Oh, now please let me explain, Mr. Conklin. Very well, Miss Brooks. Everyone's entitled to a hearing before he's hanged. That's what I like, an open mind. Now, you see, sir, Mr. Boynton and I were just taking care of these children until their mother comes back from the hospital. That's right, Mr. Conklin. It, it was an emergency. Yes. It's all well and good, but why did you lie to me? Well, it would have been hard to explain on the phone, Mr. Conklin. And besides, I didn't want Eddie Garson to get in trouble. He's been absent all week taking care of his little brothers. A very touching story, Miss Brooks. I don't doubt that your motives were of the highest, but I can't run a school that way. Miss Brooks... Unless you're in your classroom for the afternoon session, you had better look elsewhere for employment. Oh, that must be Eddie now. I'll get it. Eddie, I thought you'd never get... Where's your mother? Well, she's paying the cab, Miss Brooks. She'll be right in. The doctor says she's fine. Oh, good. Then she'll be able to take care of her family again, and I can get back to school. Oh, oh no, you can't, Miss Brooks. We need you more than ever now. Look, in this blanket here, a brand new baby brother. Once upon a time, there was a governess named Connie Brooks. And now, once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, I couldn't afford to lose my job at school, and yet I hated to leave Mrs. Garson in the lurch. So I did the only thing possible under the circumstances. I got somebody to help out in my place. Before I left for the afternoon sessions, I gave a few last-minute instructions. Uh, now, be sure the formula isn't too hot, and don't be stingy with the talcum powder. Any other questions? What should I do with the safety pins when they're not in use? <laughs> but with a baby this age, you won't have that problem. Goodbye, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> Next week, tune in to another Our Miss Brooks show brought to you by Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous dream girl hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton was played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, Tommy Cook, Sandra Gould, Bobby Ellis, and Jeff Silver. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, fun-packed adventures of an amateur Park Avenue detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evenings over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Our Miss Brooks with Babysitting Overnight, starring Eve Arden from November 14, 1948. Also in that cast, Bobby Ellis, Gail Gordon, Gloria McMillan, Jane Morgan, Jeff Chandler, Richard Crenna. It was sponsored by Palm Olive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo, which I know you use. You know, anything for beauty, I'm in. As heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. Our website is Hollywood360radio.com. Before we tune into Gene Autry's Melody Ranch, I want to remind all of our listeners about this magazine, Remind, because it's all about 
blasts from the past. Now, they always have a theme, Lisa, and the theme for this month of May is the wild, wild west. It's when westerns pretty much took over TV, a tribute to Hollywood's Cowboys and Cowgirls. You have John Wayne, you have Clint Eastwood on the cover there, you have Gene Autry, you have Roy Rogers, we're going to tune into Gene Autry in a second, you have um, Bonanza and all the great westerns, Gunsmoke, Have Gun, Will Travel. It's a terrific magazine, as I say, every single month a different topic. And I write a uh, column for this magazine called Radio 360, so check that out. We have our schedule for Hollywood 360 in the magazine, so it is just an awesome, awesome publication that I know our listeners will love. Go to RemindMagazine.com. That's RemindMagazine.com. Or pick up an issue at any Barnes & Noble or Walmart stores across the country. RemindMagazine.com. All right, it's time now for Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. It was a Western series that came to radio in 1940, lasted all the way to 1956, except between 1943 and 1945 when Autry enlisted in the U.S. Army to serve in World War II. Now, the entire run of this series was sponsored by Double Mint Gum. Each broadcast included singing cowboy Gene Autry immersed in a Western adventure, interspersed with interludes of music. Regulars included Johnny Bond, Pat Buttram, and the Cass County Boys. In 1964, a TV version debuted, lasting until 1971. We have a radio episode for you now. I know you'll enjoy it. It's from September 30th, 1950. It's called Caleb Hooten. It stars Gene Autry. Here's Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. He's back in the saddle again. Yes, it's time once again for Melody Ranch and Gene Autry. That's right, folks, from New York City, your friendly local merchant who sells and displays healthful, refreshing, delicious double mint chewing gum, invites you to a visit with all the gang here at Melody Ranch. Johnny Bomb, the Pinafores, the Cass County Boys, Parker Fenley, Carl Kotner, and yours truly, Charles Stark. But right now, meet the boss man himself, America's favorite cowboy, Gene Autry. He always sings raggy music to the cattle as he swings Back and forward in the saddle on a horse At a seat, while the funny meter makes a roar of his repeater How they run He's a highfalutin' scootin' shootin' son of a gun from Arizona Ragtime cowboy, talk about your cowboy Ragtime cowboy Joe Well, well, thank you a lot there, friends and neighbors Yes, sir, here it is Saturday night again, and time for our usual Melody Ranch get-together, which means, incidentally, it's the big day in the week for us, because we sure do like company. And we like to see all of our guests, who have a good time, too. But then I guess we're no different than you folks are in that way, because when guests come calling at your home, well, you want them to enjoy themselves, too. So, let me give you a little hint. Pass around a couple of packages of refreshing, delicious, double-mint chewing gum. That's what we do at Melody Ranch, and it sure helps to make things more enjoyable. Yes, sir, treating your guests to that swell double-mint gum is a friendly thing to do. Besides that, it costs mighty little. So remember, friends, refreshing, delicious... 
double mint chewing gum. Well, thank you very, very much. That's the first portion of Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. More after these words. back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I want to remind all of our listeners about our three surprise boxes. Folks, these are going fast. If you don't know about our surprise boxes, well, let's let Vanna White here tell everyone about them. Oh, thanks, Pat. So we've got three surprise boxes. Um, we've got classic radio on CD. We have classic movies and TV on DVD. And we have Twilight Zone radio dramas on CD. All three of those boxes are explained so beautifully on our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Each of these boxes are $39.99, which is one heck of a deal because you get over $150 of merchandise in each box, all brand new material that we put together in these boxes with love. Check them out on our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to Gene Autry's Melody Ranch. Yes, sir. Hold everything. Look who I just run into. Well, I'll be doggone if it isn't uh, Caleb Hooten. Howdy, son. <sighs> What in the world are you doing here in New York, old-timer? Oh, just wanderlust, boy. Sheer mad wanderlust. Well, I'll say one thing. You're sure looking good. I'm perky as a cowbird wearing a peacock's feathers, son. And you know why? No, why? Because ever since I got here, all I've been drinking is that there Texas gopher water. Texas gopher water? Yep. Take it for my teeth. <laughs> but, Caleb, you've got false teeth. I know. Every morning I have to go for them. <laughs> Get it? That, that's sort of a country joke Yeah You should have left it there too, I think Yeah, I think you're right By the way, uh, Caleb I was just thinking I bet you ain't seen many of the sights around the big city yet So how about going out with me And taking in one of them great big department stores they have here Why, I might just do that, Junior Is it interesting? Is it interesting? Why, well, I went into one of them yesterday To buy my gal some nylons And before I knew it I was being poked and stabbed and trampled on by 200 women. That sounds wonderful. What'd you do? I stood it as long as I could. Then I just lowered my head and started swinging. Fine thing. Why didn't you act like a gentleman? I had been acting like a gentleman for an hour. I decided to act like a lady. <laughs> Not bad, son. Not very bad. <laughs> hey, uh... Incidentally, incidentally, speaking of women... Did I tell you boys about the new cow I got? No, you didn't, old-timer. What kind? Well, I ain't got the vaguest idea, son. I just called her McTavish. McTavish. Yeah, and that's where I made my mistake. Yeah? What happened? Don't rush me, son. I like to tell this my own way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Take your time. Much obliged. Anyway, she wouldn't give an ounce of milk. No. Finally, got so bad, I had to call in one of them psychiatrist fellas. Did he find out what was wrong? I'll say he did. Seems like the cow heard that her name was McTavish. She thought that thing was a bagpipe and she wouldn't give a drop. So long, boys. So long. (laughs) 
sad I've got the blues Can't shake the sands of Texas from my shoes I sigh, I don't know why I guess I've got those dear old Texas blues The smell of the rain, the roll of the plane The feel of my seat in the saddle I'd give all I own if I could be home Back on the range punching cattle I guess I'll have the blues Till I shake the sands of Texas from my shoes The smell of the rain, the roll of the plane The feel of my seat in the saddle I'd give all I own if I could be home Back on the range punching cattle I guess I'll have the blues Till I shake the sands of Texas from my shoes Can't shake the sands of Texas from my shoes Can't shake the sands of Texas from my shoes Thank you very, very much, gang. I'm glad you liked it. Like it? I love that there kind of music, Sonny Boy. In fact, you might say it's prettier than a blue-bellied toad on a lily pad. You can say that again, Caleb. Okay, I said it's prettier than a blue-bellied toad. Never mind. Oh, on a lily pad. I hate to leave things just hanging there. Oh, I see. <laughs> Golly, Gene. Ain't it just like old times having Caleb around here again? It certainly is, Johnny. In fact, you know, I was just kind of thinking here. Remember the first time that we met old Caleb? Brother, I'll say I do. Well, don't just stand there, son. Tell the story. Who knows? I might win one of them Oscars. <laughs> well, you might at that, old-timer. But I doubt it very, very much. Anyway, folks, as I remember it now, the Caleb Hooten story all began late one afternoon a few years back. In fact, Johnny and I had just been up in Eagle Pass this particular day, chasing down a few strays. When we happened along a small mountain stream that I'd almost forgotten about, Anyway, sure enough, there in the middle of it was old Caleb, down on his hands and knees, panning for gold. Hi there, old-timer. How you making out? Oh, howdy, howdy, boys. I didn't hear you right up. Having any luck? Oh, some good, some bad. Been sloshing a few hunks of gold, but mostly sand. By the way, what you two doing up this way? Oh, just shagging down a few strays. How long you been up here? Why, a little over a week now, I guess. Mm-hmm. To a fellow like me, though, time don't mean much. By the way, my name's Hooten. Caleb Hooten. Oh, I'm Gene Autry. Oh. This is my sad kid, Johnny Bond. Well, glad to know you, boys. Same here. Say, look, old-timer, uh, don't let us interrupt you. We just stopped by to say hello. Oh, don't be silly, son. My work can wait. Besides, I ain't seen nobody for so long. I'm kind of glad to have the company. You mean you don't ever get into town? Not very often, son. But just between us, I kind of think Clarence and me might be heading for level ground pretty soon now. That is, if this ore starts panning out the way I think it's going to. Clarence? Who's Clarence? Oh, I forgot. You fellas ain't never met my mule, have you? He's the only living relative I got left. Clarence, this here's Gene and Johnny. <laughs> well, uh, glad to know you, Clarence. Yeah, same here. Uh, say, look, old-timer, uh, Got an idea. How'd you like a good old-fashioned home-cooked meal for a change? Mister, if you just said what I thought you just said, 
My answer is three words. Yes, and how soon? <laughs> okay, how about tonight? That is, uh, if you like Mulligan's too. No, can't stand it. What time do you want me there? <laughs> uh, six o'clock, all right. Uh, son, you just made yourself a deal. Oh, by the way, I forgot to ask. Where's your place? Five miles due west of town, on the uh, Ridge Rock Road. You know where that is? No, but I know where town is. And from there on, me and Clarence, we'll just follow the smell of home-cooked mulligan stew. And so, folks, the Caleb Hooten story all began just as simple as that. But when 6.30 rolled around, without the old-timers showing up, I began wondering what had happened to him. Maybe he'd just gotten a late start, or maybe he just plain couldn't find a place. At any rate, I knew one thing, that he wouldn't have stood us up if he could help it. Anyway, at 8 o'clock, I had the rest of the boys go ahead with dinner. But instead of sitting down with them, I just had a hunch. I headed for town and the county claims office. Hey, Wally. Wally, open up. It's me. Gene Autry. What in tarnation do you want at this time of night? Sorry to get you out of bed, Wally, but... Uh, Can't I wait till the morning? No, I need some information. Uh, it's kind of important. Okay. Come on in. Thanks. Fellas hmm. like you make fellas like me wish we were rich enough to own a house instead of sleeping in the same place we work. <laughs> I said I was sorry, didn't I? I'm only kidding. Just let me get on this rope. <sighs> Okay, follow me and watch yourself. It's dark through this hall. Now, where do I switch on this light? There we are. Okay, now, what do you want to know? Well, I'm checking on an old man named uh, Caleb Hooten, Wally. He wasn't in here this afternoon by any chance, was he? What? You mean you had me get out of bed and come all the way in here just to ask me that? I told you it was important. Okay, so it's important. The answer's still no. Only had two people come in all day, and neither one of them had a name that sounded anything like what you just said. All right, all right. In that case, then, uh, how about checking on a piece of property up in Eagle Pass section for me? Look, Gene Autry, will you please tell me what you're trying to prove? I just want to find out if a certain section up on Sandy Creek has ever been uh, laid claim to, that's all. Whereabouts in Sandy Creek? Oh, just below the rapids. Maybe a quarter of a mile. Well, that shouldn't be too hard to check on. Yeah, let's take a look at this map. Now then, uh, you say it's just about here, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's section 34J. Now then, wait till I see what the files show. 18, 26, 32, 33. Ah, here it is. 34J. Good. What does it say about it? It says, claim staked and filed by Eli Holland, September 9, 1944. Well... Yes, that's that. Sorry to have buzzed you, Wally. Oh, think nothing of it. I love getting up in the middle of the night. So, all I'd found out up to now was that the old-timer had been prospecting on land that he couldn't have claimed anyway. And then I got to thinking, maybe he'd just decided to pack up and move on. But I still wasn't convinced in my own mind. So the next morning, I saddled up Champion again and headed towards Sandy Creek for another look around. 
Oh, hold on. Well, champ, hold it a minute, boy. I'll just get off here and do a little checking over on that rig. You looking for something, mister? Huh? Oh, howdy, mister. Didn't know there was anybody else around. I asked you a question. Oh, yeah. Why, well, I'm looking for an old prospector by the name of Caleb Hooten. Haven't seen him around here, have you? He's gone. Said he's going to visit his brother. Anything else you want to know? He... Oh. Didn't leave any message, did he? Look, mister, I don't know nothing about any message, but in just case you don't know it, this is private property. So if you're smart, you'll clear out and leave well enough alone. So that's the way it is, huh? Yes, that's the way it is. So beat it. Thank you, my friend. I'll beat it like you say. But don't take any bets that I won't be back. Now, I knew something was fishy, because the old-timer had told me right on that very same spot that he didn't have any family left in the world. That being the case, he couldn't very well have gone to visit his brother. And then all of a sudden, the answer to the whole thing hit me like a jolt of rope around a capstone. Yes, sir, from here on, it was just a matter of setting a little trap with the right piece of cheese. And since Johnny Bond was new around these parts, I decided that he was the best piece of cheese that I could find. Hey, Mr. Burns, quick, I want to stake a claim. Sounds like you hit it good, young fella. Wait till I get my book. Okay, but, but hurry up, will you? I don't want nothing to happen. Uh, don't worry, Mr. Uh, Bond, Bond, Johnny Bond. All right, you? all right. Now, first, uh, where is this property? You want the claim located? Over at the south end of Big Snake Creek. Just this side of Johansson's Mill. You know where it is. Okay. According to the map, that's section 107 and 108L. I just told her the second I want to check the claims file. Right. Oh, this show is my lucky day. Only been in these ports less than a week now, and already I hit it big. And an ounce and a half of gold out there in no time at all. Could have got more, but I wanted to get down here and spice a good stake out my claim, you know. Well, looks like you're still in luck, Mr. Bond. Just sign this paper right here, and the land's yours. Okay, okay. Right there. Anything else? Out of thing. That case... Shake hands with a millionaire, buddy, and have a cigar. Now the piece of cheese was in the trap, and all we had to do was wait for the rat. So just as we'd planned, Johnny went back to Big Snake Creek and pitched camp. When he got there, it was just after dark. The sky had started to cloud over, and uh, a little bit it looked like rain. All of which only made Johnny even more scared than he was already. Oh, me. Why did I ever get into... Who's that? Oh, must have been no wind. Good evening, Mr. Bond. Who are, who are you? You mean you don't recognize me? Yeah. That better? Mr. Burns. What are you doing up here? I collect gold for a hobby. I thought you might have some you could spare. Okay, all right, but well, what are you pointing that gun at me for? Oh, didn't I tell you? I'm sorry. You see, I think it's important to point your gun at a man when you intend to kill him. Don't you? Oh, sure. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Forget it. Just start saying your prayers, cause... <laughs> My hands. All right, you're lucky that it wasn't worse than that, Burns. Should I say Mr. Eli Holland? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Besides, you can't prove a thing. Well, we'll see about that. Time up, Johnny. Well, wait a minute. Ain't you even gonna thank me? Oh, sure. I'm sorry. Thanks for being my piece of cheese. 
think nothing of it, old pal. Just one little thing. What's that? Another two seconds and your piece of cheese would have been Swiss cheese. And so, folks, that's the end of the Caleb Hooten story. Boy, that Eli Holland feller really had himself quite a little racket, didn't he, Gene? I'll say he did, Johnny. You see, folks, by using his job at the recorder's office, he could issue claims to prospectors who hit rich strikes. Then, as soon as they left, he tore up the claims and made out new predated ones to Eli Holland, which was his real name. After that, well, he'd just do away with the prospector and nobody was any the wiser. Hey, I forgot to ask you. What's that? What made you suspicious of him in the first place? A date, Johnny. A sample date on that claim that he showed me the first night I was there. It said, filed by Eli Holland, September 9th, 1944. Oh. What's wrong with that? Nothing, except afterwards I got thinking about it and remembered a little story. You see, September 9th is uh, admission day in this state, and no government office is open because of a holiday. Well, I'll be... That ain't all of the story, though, son. It ain't? No, sirree, not by a long shot. You see, all the time you fellas thought I was a goner, I was really tied to a tree. And coming towards me were 65 cougars... Thirty-eight mountain lions and three wild boars carrying submachine guns. Anyway, all I had with me was a slingshot and an old emery board. That's all, brother. Good night, Caleb. Oh, Gene, that was beautiful music. So soothing and relaxing. Kind of gives me a new lease on life. Well, I'll tell you, Charlie, music can do that all right. And you know, I found that chewing refreshing double mint gum as a swell helped treat too. Yes, sir. When I get going to the point where my nerves are tight and edgy, that smooth, pleasant chewing helps to ease me up a bit. And that nice, clean double mint flavor gives me a welcome lift too. So remember, folks, that's refreshing, delicious double mint gum. I like it. Well, friends, looks like we've used up the last of the batter today, Saturday night. Got me and the whole Melody Ranch gang will be back to mix up a new batch for you next week at the same time and over these same CBS stations. So try and drop around then, won't you? In the meantime, this is Gene Autry for Double Mint Gum, asking you to keep thinking of us. Until we're back in the saddle again. Gene 
Chance. Gene Autry's Melody Ranch from September 30th, 1950 with Caleb Hooten, starring Gene Autry, sponsored by Double Mint Gum, as heard on CBS. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of May, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1, featuring 12 exciting tales of high adventure. Escape Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 this month only. Also on sale during May is The Life of Riley Volume 1, featuring 12 comedy episodes starring William Bendix. The Life of Riley Volume Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1 and The Life of Riley Volume 1 at 50% off their regular price. In June, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during May. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant, absolutely Absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's Rocky Jordan starring Jack Moyles. Then it's part one of the Bob Hope Show with special guest Judy Garland. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.